welcome to another week of it's just my thoughts and i'm your host mika reeves so what's good y'all how are y'all are we recovered from the super bowl uh let's see what have i been up to man i have been so busy y'all so i apologize this episode is coming out late i i had my all intentions of um recording this weekend and then i ended up a little ari came over and spent the night and Ari is, I haven't talked about Ari in so long. Ari is two now and she's about to be three this summer. And man, when she come and spend the night, y'all, I, every time my uh, niece and nephews come, I'm always like, I commend all the parents because it is hard. You know, she was off the chain and then she gets up every morning at like 5.30, 6 a.m. And so I had the longest Sunday ever because I was up early and then South Carolina played then I watched the LSU game then jumped from that game and watched Super Bowl and I'm like Lord it was so 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 much but uh, I'm gonna give my thoughts later about the Super Bowl halftime show but uh yeah I was just I just been so busy but I wanted to make sure to keep my promise to y'all and get the episodes out every week last week I just took a week off in general um so I wanted to make sure I got you guys the episode till today. It's just going to be a deep dive discussion. We're going to talk about all the things that's been going on the last week. And uh, that's about all I got. I haven't really been up to much, but I've just been super busy with life. Um, I also wanted to remind you of the book club. We are currently reading Lovin' Donovan. Um, it's a short book, so you have time to grab the book and join us if you like. The next, ep- the next episode, the next uh, meeting is... February 26th at 7 p.m. and it's virtual so you don't have to be in Charlotte where I am you can be anywhere and this is and you just jump onto the zoom so if you want to be part of the book club you just email me or slide into my dms and just let me know and I can make sure that you get connected to the group we have an amazing group we actually just got four new members I think so the the meetings are coming along and so we have some really great discussions that I'm really excited about and um yeah I, I'm I take so much pride in the book club um it was my little baby that I birthed that I've been really excited about and it's still going strong so if you want to be part of it or want to just get into reading in general we have a lot of novice readers that wasn't really sure if they were going to be able to keep up and surprisingly like we have so many that have stayed and kept up and read the books every month so um let me know join us uh let's see I think that's all I have for announcements. Don't forget to follow the show, uh, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, That way you can always stay abreast when the new episodes come out, like instances of today. This episode will come out on Tuesday, so it's going to be a day late. So definitely, uh, you know, like the show, leave feedback if you haven't already. That way you'll know when we have any updates and things like that. And I totally appreciate the feedback, whatever you want to give, whatever feedback you give. Uh, So let's just roll into the mantra of the day. Today's mantra, I am vibrating with positive energy. This energy overflows into the world around me. I do believe it's something to positivity and, you know, what you put onto the world is what you get. And so for me, like, I've really been intentional about surrounding myself with amazing people, positive vibes. And so far, my 2024 has actually been really great. So I'm actually very, very uh, grateful and thankful for all the people that's in my life. Um, it's been so many things going on. I feel like 2023 was so rough uh, for Les and I. And so we have been trying to be intentional with our joy and our happiness and our peace. And thus far, it's been really great. And so we have literally 
surrounding ourselves by just positive energy. And we try to wake up every day and, you know, not worry about the small stuff and just maintain positivity. And I will say that it is something to that, you know, like everything always have to be negative. You know what I'm saying? So it is something to diving into positivity. And also I feel like when you dive into your own positive energy, you invite that back into your life. So I am definitely thankful for the space that we're in. It's been a lot of work, but I'm grateful for the space that we're in. I get my mantras from I Am Mantra Twitter page. It's my favorite page. I check it every morning. So I want to give them credit to where I got it from. So now we just roll into the deep dive. All right. So quickly here, I wanted to start with discussing the Grammys. I was so ecstatic about the Grammys. I didn't fully like watch everything. I didn't watch every single performance. I just watched the ones that I wanted to. Um, but I wanted to touch on some of the things that I enjoyed during the Grammys. Um, I was really excited for Victoria Monet. Last year, she wanted to perform at the VMAs. And mind you, I know Victoria Monet. I know who she is. I know her story. I know she's an amazing writer, has written songs for so many people. Um, but I've listened to all of her EPs and things like that. So. I never understood why she hadn't popped off the way she should, because I mean, beautiful, you know, voice, amazing talent. Um, and so I was so ecstatic to see her win three Grammys last night. Um, well, last night at the Grammys, I was so excited for her because she wanted to perform at the VMAs and they told her literally that it's just not your time right now. Um, you know, you still need work to do. Like it was crazy. And I was so surprised when they, when they like, kind of like told her that she wasn't ready yet to perform at the fucking VMAs, I guess the VMAs, but I was ecstatic to see that she won, uh, three Grammys for, um, Jaguar two. Trying to think who else won in there. Oh, I was excited to see Coco Jones won. Uh, the biggest snub I personally felt was I, I actually like Taylor Swift. Like I listen to her songs. Like I'm a, I'm a semi Swifty. I'm just not an extreme Swifty, but I'm, I'm here for her. Um, I did feel like that SZA should SOS should have won album of the year over Taylor Swift. I do think that SOS was a hit, you know, uh, so many songs on there were hits. SZA had a night, you know, won a few Grammys. I'm, I can't remember how I should have looked it up before she won three or four, um, at the Grammys. So I kind of felt like she should have won, um, album of the year. I do over midnight's. I think, um, SOS was better than midnight's. Uh, so I think that was kind of, hmm, I don't know what I feel like. I personally think sometimes with the Grammys, like they give people like other awards. So it's like, oh, well you got three awards over here. So we'll give this to the person that we want to give it to like the album of the year. Uh, one of the notable things that night was Jay-Z got up and he got the Dr. Dre impact award. And he basically talked about that, like saying that, you know, Beyonce is, uh, has the most Grammys of all people. I think she has 32 and he's like, but she's never won album of the year. I personally think that Renaissance should have won, um, uh, for, for album of the year. And the reason why I feel that way is like out of all of hers, I think Renaissance should have been the one because that, that's, that body of work was phenomenal with the engineering of the album, the transitions of the album, um, so many historical references. Uh, she really dove into the history of the community. It was so many things that was so thoughtful and so in depth and so much, I'm, I'm, I can assume, you know, so much labor of love to bring Renaissance together. Um, I think 
when you spend that much time being that intentional with a body of work and then the way that it was received out in the world like I, th I think that she should have she should have won something for that um a big time award but Jay-Z talked about that and his speech was really good because it I, he just didn't give a shit and I just feel like this is the year that I think people are just gonna start just telling their truth and I love it I personally love it because it's so much hypocrisy in the world so much bullshit out here and so I was happy for that moment I think the biggest moment for me was seeing Tracy Chapman perform with Luke Combs when I heard that they were going to perform I made sure to sit and watch um, the performance because Tracy Chapman for me is one of my favorite artists uh, I was when I first heard Luke Combs version um, I liked it you know like I was surprised when I heard it but I was also surprised by how many people didn't know that that was a cover to the Tracy Chapman version and when I was young that song came out I think in 1988 so I was like four so I think I got hip on it in the 90s when I was like seven eight nine ten I was I was a kid though and you know I used to sing to my heart's desire like all the like even now I still listen to um, her first album fast car all of that I still listen to it but you know my father was an alcoholic and that song resonated so much to me because it I knew early on in life that even though like my father was a, a great person like he had his struggles but I didn't understand alcoholism um you know as a kid you don't understand it you just you just seeing it you know you just seeing these things happening and um I found solace in that song because it made me feel like, okay, like if you want something different from yourself, you can do it. Like you can leave this space, you can leave this environment. And ultimately, you know, like that's what I strove for, especially when I was a teenager, you know, I was like, I'm going to do well in school, you know, get a scholarship to college and that would be my way out. And I was going to maintain that uh, to where I never had to return, you know, to be in that environment because I, I just didn't like it. And so uh, for me, that song resonates with me so much. And it's like one of those songs that's going to be forever just like in my heart, you know, like um, with what it did for me in my life. So when I saw her perform, like Tracy Chapman haven't, hasn't performed in like 15 years. And the way she was up there, no earpiece in, just her guitar and the mic. And I don't know if you guys have seen it or some of the younger people that might listen to my pod, but you should go back and watch, um, I don't know what year it was, I think it might've been 1989 Grammys, where she performed Fast Car. And she literally st stood on a stage with just spotlight on her, and she just had her guitar and a mic, and she just performed it, and it was just so raw vocals. It was beautiful. And um, I, I think you should check it out if you haven't seen it. So when you saw her and her voice come through, it was just beautiful. I love the performance, but what I love most about Luke Combs, which made me like, you know, more of a Luke Combs fan, to be honest, is that he has always given her credit. He gave her full royalties for everything, you know, because she wrote the song. It is her song. And, you know, sometimes you get people that like try to rip you off or try to like not give you credit or say this is theirs. And like, no, like he literally talked about how it touched him when he was a kid riding the car with his father, listening to his cassette tape of it. And so at the Grammys, you could just see how he was just so, you know, I, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. Like he was just so overjoyed, but just geeking out that he was performing with her, you know? And I just thought that was an amazing um, performance for a lot of things because country sometimes it's like a, 
country the way I see it it's like a it's like a club that like black people are not always invited to it's like this space of like you know can you be a part of this club you know they might let you in a little bit or peek you in but they always you know might give you give it to like one person like you saw it with Lil Nas X they let him peek in a little bit then before him you saw them let Nelly kind of peek in a little bit you know Darius Rucker they let him kind of peek in a little bit you know where he's kind of like doing the country thing but you don't really see it often and so um I was I thought it was nice for that space she got a standing ovation because she's like anti-celebrity so you really don't even see her like at all so I mean I don't know I was happy to see her uh that did my little uh inner child heart something and um I don't know I enjoyed it I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Grammys this year and I didn't sit and watch the whole thing and all of that. I just kind of did bits and pieces, but I, I enjoyed it. I think the awards were spread out pretty good. I think people that deserve to get them got them. You know, I was, I was excited for, um, you know, some of the people that won. So I felt good about it. Uh, let's see. Oh, we can talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. So y'all know, I saw Usher, uh, a couple months ago in October for his residency in Vegas. I honestly thought that Usher residency was the best concert I went to all last year. And that's even including Renaissance because Renaissance was a whole different concert in itself. And Usher was a whole different concert in itself. And so everybody always asked me, like, why do you, I can't compare the two. I think they're just two separate things. Like, I think what Beyonce gave us was just something of... (laughs) out of this world and so I feel like you know I can't even say that that was even like a concert I feel like I went to a fucking movement and with Usher it was so intimate and it was just it was so fucking good like that probably was one of my top concerts I've been to of my life and that's it that's saying a lot because I've been to a lot of freaking concerts but he he was amazing so I was locked and loaded you know last night ready for Usher and he did not disappoint a lot of people were kind of complaining, like saying like, you know, um, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? And I'm like, the halftime show is like literally like 15 minutes. It's only so much this man is going to be able to do, but he kind of gave you, I feel like everything that he could. I personally think the star of the show, um, even though we were there to see Usher was her. I loved when her came out and did her, like her guitar solo and all of that. Like she is a freaking rock star. I was totally here for it. Um, I felt good about all of it. The only thing about the performance I felt like that was kind of like, hmm, I felt like at the end, it was almost like there was something that was supposed to happen. Like I was, when it just ended, I was like, oh, it's over. Like it seemed like maybe something fell through or maybe another performance fell through where they just stopped it there. But I was just kind of surprised that he didn't like end with something else or like transition into like lovers and friends or something. I don't know. Like I just kind of felt like, we could have gotten more of a better ending to round it all together. But other than that, like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that, you know, for some people who don't even watch, you know, football, like they were excited for that because everybody can't afford these fucking concerts. Like everybody can't afford to go out and see like one of their favorite people. And so that's what I think the Super Bowl is about. You know, like the halftime show is a big deal and you might not ever see this person perform, you know? And so I enjoyed it. I think Usher did great. And so I was here for it. So I wanted to finish. I only have one more topic to talk about. And it is Monique's interview on Club Shay Shay. So I've watched it twice. 
because I wanted to kind of process this through. The first time I watched it, I had my thoughts. The second time I watched it, I feel like some of my thoughts might have changed a little bit, but still kind of the same. I will say that I personally like this platform that that, uh, Shannon Sharp has. I like that he allows people to come on and kind of speak their truth. And really, all they're really doing is speaking about, like, prime example, when Cat Williams came on, Cat Williams came on after Cedric Entertainer, after Steve Harvey, where they, you know, gave their um, experience. And then Cat Williams came on and gave his experience. So when Monique came on, she gave her experience. The thing I will say about Monique is that I do believe her. I think that even if, saying what I feel about Cat, right? Like, I feel like even if you might not necessarily agree with every single little thing, like maybe it could be something that might be a little you know, exaggerate a little bit or whatever. For the most part though, her story has never changed. I believe her. I've always believed her. You know, it was so many nuggets that I thought that she dropped that people just look for the quote unquote messy stuff. But some of the other stuff that she talked about was like dead on. Like, I mean, it was so many nuggets that was dropped. So it was one part that she talked about when she said that when she had talked about family, So her story is that, you know, her brother um, molested her. I don't think that she has a relationship with her mother because I think the mother knew um, about whatever. So it's like she basically has cut off her family. And this is like years and years and years and years years ago. She's cut off her family. She doesn't talk to him. So she kind of spoke on that a little bit. And she was just like that. She feels like you are programmed to even if your family do like fucked up shit to you like you kind of program to just take the licking and just be like oh well that's your uncle so it's it's no big you know you let it go like that's your uncle you just let it go and she's like but why do you have to be conditioned to accept fucked up behavior towards you when somebody is doing wrong towards you and she was just saying that like we always think that or we're taught that family you know your blood your blood your blood and she's like but you know, you can have amazing people in your life that you view as family. And that's kind of like how I am, honestly, like my life is kind of set up. Like when I have friends of the shows that come on, a lot of the people that have come on have been, you know, I classify as my family. Like, you know, when Maddie comes on, like I've known Maddie pretty much almost my whole life. Um, you know, Kelly friend of the show is kind of, is like family. Shantae has been on, it's like my family. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm leaving people out, but it's a lot of people that come on here. That's basically like my family and they're my chosen family, you know? Uh, and so I do think that sometimes we get so caught up in like what we feel like we are required to do because it's family, even if that family member might not serve you or they might be abusive or they might be bad for your mental health. And I think that you have a right to make a choice on whether or not you want to fuck with them or not. I feel like when it comes to the, Tyler Perry, Oprah, all of that, the scenarios with that. We already know what it is because we heard her talk about this a million times. I feel like, okay, this is what I feel like about that. I think that this is an example of she is right fighting and she's like, I think sometimes she's right fighting rightfully so, right? But because she's had trauma and I always try to explain how trauma is like, Trauma is a motherfucker because trauma gets all up in your insides and it's all up in your shit. And like, honestly, like the only way you're going to kind of work through that shit is really through professional help because you can be triggered in so many ways and you don't realize you're triggered, but you're really just triggered because of trauma, you know, and like that inner child. 
I personally felt like when I saw her talking about them and the way she was passionate about it, I definitely do believe her. I think they wronged her. I think all those things happened, right? Um, but I also think that at this point in time, it's time to move forward, right? Because she basically, because Shannon Sharp kept asking her, like, what do you want? What do you want? Like, what will, what will make this right for you? And she basically said, like, she wants them to take accountability. The sad thing about the world is, though, like, there are people in my life that has wronged the fuck out of me. And I'm probably never going to get an apology. I'll probably never even get a conversation because some people don't even have the bandwidth to even say they're sorry. That's the sad part about it, right? But my thing is, like, I can't sit and be a prisoner in my body and in even letting people like, you know, um, take away from my life or even disrupt my mental health because I'm, I'm still brewing and have this heat towards this person. And so a lot of times forgiveness is not really for necessarily the other person It's you know, it's for you. Like, I do feel like she has to work towards healing that situation because I don't think she's ever going to get no damn public apology from Tyler Perry or Oprah. I, I just don't. I don't all this time has passed. You still ain't got nothing. I don't think you're going to get any of that. And so what happens if you don't, you're going to have to work on healing the hurt and finding a way to move forward because now you've said it, you've said it, you know, all the things and we, and we get it. And I think a lot of people are, are paying attention. I think a lot of people are awake right now and they're, and they're processing it. But now I feel like that you've said it again now you got to work towards healing because I don't think you ever going to get the accountability because if you never get it, then what? Like that was really kind of like what I went away from it. At first I kind of was like, nah, I feel her. But then when I started talking it through, I was like, no, I actually kind of understand that too because I just think when you hold um, resentment and hurt and anger in your heart like that, you just never, you never going to move forward. And then on top of the fact what I saw when I was seeing her talk and the way she passionate about that shit and the way she, you know, just really feel strongly about it. Like I've been there. I've, I'm probably currently there on some situations, you know, that I'm trying to work through. Um, all I saw was the child Monique. Like I saw her inner child that just needs to get healed because I think that she, when she was a kid, you know, she had horrible things happening to her where I think she wanted somebody to protect her. Like she wanted somebody to, save her you know like hey you know so now these things has happened to her and she wants she wants to be um exonerated in the sense of like people saying she crazy like people making it seem like she's just this horrible person and I don't think she is I think that she's screaming out to like the world saying like yo like this some fuck shit that's happened and I, I honestly think that's what I see I don't know if I'm making sense of the way I'm explaining this but I personally think that's what I see like I just think healing has to take place in that scenario to where even if you see you know Tyler Perry Oprah out you able to just keep it keep it moving you know like you know to where it, it you're unbothered she's still really bothered by it and I think it's just because she's wanting that apology she's wanting that acknowledgement but sadly I don't think that she's ever going to get that so then what you know then what because 10 years from now we can't still be talking about this like, even if the shit is true, we still can't because you're letting these people hold you and your spirit hostage and you got to free yourself. And that's kind of what I felt from it. Like, I do feel like she need to free herself. Now, some people have spoken out 
and have been given apologies. We already know Lee Daniels did. Um, Charlamagne the God did on Breakfast Club, like gave apologies for misspeaking and talking about shit that he didn't know what he was talking about. But another thing that I took away from it, you know, she talked about D.L. Hughley. It wasn't even like a serious part. Like she just literally talking about the situation that happened. Obviously something did happen because he never aired the episode. So clearly, you know, it's probably some kind of truths in there. We don't know. But D.L. Hughley like literally um, responds and he makes a video and it was a horrible video. Like, I feel like, you know, even if she went low in the past, I mean, he went like to the grave. In his defense, I will say like she came back out from his response and was like, well, I'm only repeating shit that he said. I had a conversation with a friend of the show, Kelly, and she was like, well, Mika, the thing is, though, which I didn't take in consideration. She was like, but the thing is, though, I can talk about my kid, but you can't talk about my kid. And I I understood that. Like, I understood what she meant by that, because that's really kind of like how it is. And I do feel like when you start putting kids in it and you start putting families in it in your drama, when it's just D.L. Hughley and Monique drama, but now y'all talking about family, kids. I mean, he's telling her, he's talking about her husband. I mean, just crazy shit. Like y'all going, both of y'all to me is going too far. You're going too low. And it's like, if you don't like each other, you don't like each other. But I just didn't like D.L. Hughley's response. I just think talking to a woman like that is like absolutely insane. Like it was really, really just some gutter shit, I felt like. And it made him look like, well, damn, is what she's saying true? Because you're really upset. Like you seem really upset. Like to me, I think when he spoke out, you kind of proved her point because she literally said in the interview, like he, I, I already know the responses to this is going to be that I'm unloved. I'm this, I'm that. And he, he pretty much like proved her point. And I thought that was kind of like, Hmm, like, well, you kind of did what she said that you were going to do with this response because it was like, Whoa, it was crazy. Um, but I will say since the interview, she joined Cat Williams. Um, I think his tour is called Dark Matter Tour. I saw a clip where she came out to a standing ovation. And the first thing that she did, she did apologize to Tyler, Oprah. Um, it might have been two other people she apologized to. So I just feel like hopefully, hopefully, you know, like everybody can just kind of move forward. And I just hope that like whatever she harboring and filling her heart for these people, um, I hope that she get the healing that she needs and the forgiveness that she needs because she's going to have to, for, she's going to have to forgive them for the shit they did to her, whether they ever give her an apology or acknowledgement or anything, she's going to have to forgive and heal for herself because resentment and anger and all of that, it's like a cancer. It literally would just eat through your whole body and insides. You know, I've been there. We're like hearing somebody's name. I'm like, oh God, you know, like here we go, you know, and it's not good because you're giving this person so much power and they're affecting you so much when like the funny thing is about when shit like that happens. Do you really think that Tyler Perry and Oprah are really losing sleep over Monique? Like they're not, you know, and that's what you got to think about. Like you're doing all of that for people that really kind of could just care less. And so I don't know. I hope that. Her doing this interview was her giving herself the opportunity and moment to release, to, you know, find some peace. And I, and I pray that she gets it. And I hope that, you know, she's able to 
get herself, you know, her career back on course. Hopefully, hopefully some doors start opening back up because if she was blackballed over a lie, it's time to move forward, you know, like really, like really, and give her opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like if you never heard if she was actually difficult, like maybe she's not actually fucking difficult. If that, if that was really a lie, you know, which it it seems like it, it might've been, you know, but I also think like throughout the years, her being so like passionate and angry and coming off the way she has even though rightfully so I think it probably fed into the narrative that maybe she was difficult to work with but what I gathered just to round it all up from the interview is that I don't think she's difficult to work with I personally think that she has been fucked over so much in her life she literally is trying to stand for herself being like you're not gonna fuck me over now like you're not gonna do this now and that's what I think I think that's what she's doing. And, um, but for some people, uh, what I've learned, um, personally is that I think a lot of people want people to lie to them instead of just telling the truth. You know, people don't really want honesty, especially when they're doing fucked up shit. A lot of people don't want to hear people say, Hmm, maybe what you're doing might not be right. You know, like, I, on the other hand, like, I love the fact that all of my friends are friends that will hold me accountable. Like, I don't have nobody in my life that's yes, man. I love that my friends, if they see me doing wrong, will be like, nah, I don't, th- I don't know. I don't think that's okay. Like, you know, I like that because I'd rather be around people that's going to hold me accountable than people that's going to let me go down a path that's some bullshit just, just because, you know, like, just agreeing with me with everything. Like, I don't really think that's a real friend. People that just agree with you. You want friends to kind of challenge you a little bit, even challenge your thinking. Because maybe sometimes your thinking might not be right in general. Maybe sometimes your behavior might not be right. You know, and I, I like that. But a lot of people want to be around people that just like encourage their behavior. Don't say shit to them about their behavior and just let it ride. And that's what they want. So I think that what people find her to be difficult is that it seems like she's just not going to let you fuck her over. You know, if she's if you she's old money, she's old money. You know, if she agreed to only do this, then she agreed to only do this. Like, you're not going to fucking ask me to do extra for free. I get those things because shit, I'm just a regular worker out here and I I wouldn't want to do certain things for free. Now, would I, would I have, would I have done the work for Precious? I would have just because she was so amazing in that movie. I would have done the extra press. I would have just because she started, she was starting a movie. And like, if me doing this extra press would have got me more roles or made me more likable, like I've watched pretty much all of color purple press tour that they did. And like, it was such amazing conversations and all of that shit. And I feel like I know Daniel, Daniel Brooks more. I feel like I'm more connected with Taraji. I feel like I'm more connected with Fantasia. And I think the press tour really is important. I get it. I get her rationale and that's how she feels, but I think I would have done it just because it gives people a chance to get to know the person. And I think it probably would have helped her career because instead due to all of that, it derailed her career. So it's, it's, it's just, it's all really unfortunate. I don't know, but let me know what y'all think. Um, I'm going to have the episode episode up tomorrow. So let me know what you think, write your comments on the post on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Let's keep the conversation going. Uh, I will have, um, guests coming soon on the show i'm not gonna tell you who but they're coming and uh trying to think is anything else so don't forget to follow the show you can find it on soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find uh anywhere you prefer for your streaming uh you can also find me on social media 
Instagram is at is just my thoughts underscore podcast. Twitter, IJMT podcast. And if you ever want to email me and be a part of the show, you can email me at IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Like always, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.